need for you. Lord, you've caused all of the scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant us this morning that we may uh, in such a way hear them, read them, mark them, learn by them, and inwardly digest them. That by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and hold fast to the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you've given us in Christ Jesus. Let the church say amen. 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 We're continuing on our study in John chapter number five. Last week, we ended with the religious elite, the rulers, wanting to kill Jesus. Why? Because he had healed someone on the Sabbath, so he did a good thing on the wrong day, and and also, then when confronted about that, he didn't back down. He not only stood his ground, but upped the ante quite a bit when he said, and by the way, I and the Father, we're the same thing. Like, I'm Jesus, I'm truly God, and truly man. This incensed them, the leaders, in such a way that they were ready to kill him. Can you imagine being the man that was healed? Remember, he'd healed this guy who had no faith. This guy didn't ask to be healed. Um... He's confronted by the religious leaders. Jesus claims to be equal with God. One writer says their response was wrong, but their interpretation was right. And again, I mentioned it last week in case you missed it. For those that say Jesus never claimed to be God, those standing around him would have told you that's ludicrous. He certainly did. You, You may have seen those nobody memes. Do you know what I'm talking about? These memes on the worldwide interweb where they'll say, nobody, colon, and there's nothing there, and then it'll say, like, my middle school cafeteria lady. Be sure to grab fruit and milk, honey. Like, nobody says that except a middle school cafeteria lady, right? So nobody does this, and then they'll post something crazy that, they don't, that they've done they think is unique to their life, and uh, the funny thing is the rest of us resonate with it. Like, we all light it up, and that's what causes a response. We're we're very much similar. We're, we're a lot like other people here alive on the earth. But, but I want to tell you that the heading for this morning's uh, sermon, nobody owns those memes like Jesus. There is nobody like Jesus. Nobody. There's nobody like him. Um, he, you could post nobody, dot, 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 and then literally post the passage that we just read because here Jesus knows they're ready to kill him. And so what does he do? Hold a press briefing? to diffuse the situation? No, does he try to make everybody like him to get along? No, he presses in even harder here to make sure that nobody misses the fact that he is truly God while he is truly man on this earth. Jesus Christ says, I'm equal with God. Now, he was either God or he's the greatest blasphemer to ever open his mouth. Deniers and haters of God make claims like this. Well, Jesus was just a wonderful human teacher. You've heard that. You've heard that he was an elevated human who flanned the flames of the best of humanity. You've heard, well, he was a great religious hero. He was a humanitarian who taught us how to love. No, Jesus of Nazareth was either the son of God, the Christ, or he is antichrist. That's it. Don't lead me down a path starting with, well, he was a good teacher. Wrong. Good teachers don't claim to be God. 
only God does or blasphemers do. There's no middle ground. Jesus is exactly who he claimed to be. Can the church say amen? Okay, I say that because this morning we're going to see him demonstrate his uniqueness in this text. And I think there's an encouragement here for the family of God. And there's a call to the rest of the world that would try to put their fingers in their ears and cover their eyes and act like they can't see or hear the proclamation of the truth from God's word. Nobody has authority like Jesus when we look at what he does. There's your first point, first couple headers, first verses there, the authority. Jesus has all authority. I've, I've already intimated at that through some other texts. Let's look at what's right in front of us in our text this morning in verses 19 through 21. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees his father doing. Whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. Now we read that it's a little, that's not the way we normally talk. Those aren't words we usually put in a sentence. We don't form sentences that way most of the time. It's a little wordy, but man, is that a power-packed statement. He's saying, what God does, I do because I'm God. You've got to recognize, we read this like, of course he's God. This is colossal in its size of claim here. Jesus states that he and the Father are so interconnected, they're so much a part of each other that they work in tandem. Let's read on. Whatever the father does, I do likewise. Verse 20, the father loves his son and shows him all that he himself is doing. So he knows all things, he can do all things. And the father's gonna do greater works through me, Jesus says, so that you may marvel. Verse 21, for as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the son gives life to whom he will. He's saying everything that you ascribe to God, I can do. We're so connected. Now the son is in no way independent of or in rebellion against the Father. Their relationship is one of continuous love. The Son is not simply doing a part of God's will like you and I would do. He is God's will. <laughs> he is the full disclosure of God's works. By the Father, the Son will do even more amazing works than just physical healing. Is anybody picking up on what doctrine of the church this is hinting at? It's the doctrine of the Trinity. If the kids were here, they It's the doctrine of the Trinity. We're talking about the triune God. And here's what we say as Grace Covenant Church about the doctrine of the Trinity. We believe that God eternally exists in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that these three are one God having precisely the same nature, attributes, and perfections, and worthy of precisely the same worship, confidence, and obedience. Jesus has all authority. He and the Father are operating on the same wavelength. Do you get that? And he's saying, everything that you've ascribed to God, I can do. These colossal claims are, are just infuriating the leaders leading around him. He's saying, I can bring the dead to life. Now, he's not just talking about the couple of funerals he broke up while he was here with the miracles. He's talking about you and me and those who were spiritually dead in their sins that he called to life. We'll get to that in a few moments. But for us as believers, reading a claim like this, recognizing that Jesus has all authority, what impact does this have on us? We've got to daily remind ourselves of this truth. I think when you're reading the 
the scriptures, when you're spending time in God's word, you need to daily appropriate the reality that Jesus Christ is God. He is the King of kings and he's the Lord of lords. It's a constant reality in our lives. Why am I saying that? We are believers who must affirm that Christ is exactly who he says he is. Why? Because everybody else claims he's somebody else. They're trying to make God and fashion him into an image that they like that suits their needs. And what you wind up with is a God with no power calling a people with no sin to a God with no heaven just to make their life better. That's not the God of the Bible. Jesus Christ is exactly who he claims to be. And that ought to encourage us as believers. When we pray, when we talk about our relationship with this person, this is the person who has all authority. To the unbelievers, he comes with the same claim. He comes to claim he is king of kings and he is lord of lords. And he will assert that for all time and eternity. And that claim demands a response. Nobody has authority like Jesus. Look at what he does. Second thing this morning I would say is nobody deserves honor like Jesus. Look at who he is. He is worthy of all honor. Worthy of all honor. Look at the text. The Bible says the father uh, judges no one but has given all judgment to the son that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. That's interesting to me. Whatever, or whoever rather, does not honor the Son, does not honor the Father who sent him. Do you get that Jesus is saying, the Father has given all judgment to me so that I may be honored. Why do we honor Jesus? Because he's God? Yes. Why do we honor Jesus? Because he has all authority? Yes. Why do we honor Jesus? Well, well, Jesus said, the Father has given me the power to judge, and I'm worthy of honor based on that alone. Now, it's quite a claim because the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 48, he says, my glory I will not give to another. God doesn't give his glory to just anybody. He only gives it to himself. And Jesus, invoking the prophet Isaiah here, is reminding him, by the way, I am God. This is full disclosure and evidence that Jesus Christ is deity. He's looking at these religious Leaders square in the eyeballs, and he looks at us square in the eyes today saying, you don't honor God without honoring me. You, you can't bypass Jesus and, and claim to ascribe uh, glory and honor to some higher power. That's deism. That doesn't, that doesn't honor God. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about God revealing himself through Christ. You may have the appearance of being good. You may be upstanding uh, man or woman of faith. You, you might be a pillar of morality. But if you don't honor the Lord Jesus Christ, hear me, you are in rebellion against a holy God. Jesus Christ is the object of our worship. In this pluralistic society that we live in, we are constantly told, in fact, it is beaten into our heads that all religions are equal. We keep hearing that. Now, I want to acknowledge that that's a natural byproduct of the religious freedom that we enjoy in this nation. I get that. It's an outworking of the age of reason and the age of enlightenment. I don't think it's necessarily the best outworking of it, but it's an outworking of that. I get all that. But I want to remind you, I want to call you to be a hot dog in this world. 
Oh, where's he going with this? This is a terrible illustration. But have you seen the Hebrew national hot dog things? I know y'all know the thing I have with hot dogs. I've stayed away from them for a while. But on the Hebrew national hot dogs, there's a little caption underneath it. They have a mission statement on there, and it says, you ready for this? We answer to a higher authority. Now, that's a hot dog worth buying right there, right? We answer to a higher authority. What does that mean? It's been kosher certified, all those things. I want to remind you the temptation to conflate patriotism and, and Christianity, the temptation to kind of idealize America as some uh, prophetic. Listen carefully to me. We answer to God himself. Christ is our king. There's not a politician that will ever unseat Christ off the throne. And therefore, there's not a politician that's worthy of your unbridled worship and affection. They will fail you because there's men. Don't fall into the trap. You may have some you like and you may want to hit your wagon too. Go for it. Go for it. I'm not here to get into all that. What I am here to say is this. They sin because they're humans. They make mistakes because they're humans. Jesus didn't. He is worthy of all honor. He is Worthy of all worship, any system of worship that does not honor Jesus Christ as the true God, hear me now, is a system of worship from Satan himself. Where do you get that from, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. Let's start back in the Old Testament and work our way through some passages. I'll give them to you quickly. Exodus 20. The Bible says, you shall have no other gods before me. God is speaking. In verse 5, he says, don't bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, watch this, am a jealous God. Psalm 86. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name, for you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Psalm 95. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Matthew 22, Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Revelation 4.11, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Revelation 15, and they sing the song of Moses, and they sing, great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God the Almighty, just and true are your ways, O King of nations, who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name, for you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. Church, family, hear me today. Those of you watching online, hear me today. Christ alone is the only one worthy of all of your attention, your adoration, and your affection. The Bible is clear. The only way to worship the Lord God is through the Son, Jesus Christ. Calvin wrote 450 years ago. He said, Muslims and Jews give God, they give the God they worship beautiful and magnificent titles. But we should remember that whoever, whenever God's name is separated from Christ, It's nothing more than empty imaginations. Culture talks about God. Politicians talk about God. Society talks about God. The Bible tells us who God is and reveals to us that Christ is the way to God. There's nobody like Jesus. 
Only he can satisfy what you were made for. Child of God, believer on Jesus, beware the temptation of the shiny things of this world that will try to pull you away from putting all your affection on Christ. Popular culture, some new fad, some new artist will come and command and fill stadiums with the multiplied thousands. But anything you can't stop thinking about is an idol. Anything you can't do without has a greater hold on you than you're ready to admit. Christ alone should occupy the thrones of our hearts and the praise of our lips. There's nobody like Jesus. We ought to worship him in a way that tells the world there's nobody like Jesus. We ought to honor the Lord Jesus Christ because he's worthy. We ought to submit to him and his word and embrace the incredible freedom that he's given us. Freedom that he created us to be men and women and boys and girls who are not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Men and women and boys and girls who rejoice because our name has been written in the Lamb's book of life, who love selflessly at great cost with great joy, and who are in a constant state of wonder at God's goodness in such a dark day. How do we honor him? I've shared this with you before. It's been helpful to me. A dear saint of God who's ahead of me in years, who calls and checks on me on a regular basis, retired pastor, still calls and prays for me on a regular basis, asks me some hard questions. And I love this little recipe. You probably got one similar, but here's a way to set your day to honor the Lord. Every morning, start your day out with worship. Every morning, take a moment, not just your daily Bible reading, but take a moment and, and worship God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Follow that with a funeral for yourself. <laughs> Die to self. Use confessional prayers. Use the scripture if you need to. Just acknowledge that you are weak and constantly get in the way of God getting glory and ask the Lord to help you die to your own preferences. Ask the Lord to make much less of you today. How about that? That's anti-American. <laughs> Just kidding. The third thing, surrender to the Holy Spirit. Ask him uh, to lead you. Give him the keys to your decision-making that day. Give him the keys to your thought life, to your conversation. Ask the Holy Spirit to, to, to lead you in your spending in the way you engage others. And finally, ask the Lord to give you joy in everything. I can't help but think of my, some of my boys who are preparing for final exams as this part of the school system. Some of you are doing the same. I think students in the room getting ready. Boy, that's a prayer of faith in the morning, waking up, knowing you got to study for finals. Lord, give me joy. Give me joy in all things. But I tell you something, he'll do it. God is faithful and do it. That sets your day up to honor the Lord versus the sinful, selfish desires that come after us pretty quickly when the day gets started. He's worthy of all honor. Thirdly, in our passage this morning, I think it shouts out to us, he has all power. Nobody has power like Jesus. Listen to what he says in verses 24 through 26. Christ makes the claim that whoever hears his word and believes him will have eternal life. What a claim. What power. He says that they won't come into judgment, but they'll pass from death to life. An hour is coming and is now here, verse 25, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. 
For as the Father has life in himself, so he's granted the Son also to have life in himself. Jesus calls dead people to life. He's not calling good people for an upgrade. I've got some flights and some travel coming up soon, and uh, Delta, it's an airline that I love. Hopefully somebody here knows somebody that works for it. Tell them that Chad Miller, and I'll give you my frequent flyer number, loves them. No, just, but Delta, I, I love them, but I'll get these upgrade requests. Watch this. You know, Charlotte's not a hub for Delta. Do you know that? Charlotte's not. If, you, if you're flying Delta out of Charlotte, you're going to... Atlanta. I think you may have to go through Atlanta to get to heaven. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, but you got to go through Atlanta. So, so Delta will send me a thing that says, would you like to pay? I'm going to take my glasses off of this. Y'all just don't believe stuff. Would you like to pay $120 for, to ride first class from Charlotte to Atlanta? <laughs> it's 32 minutes in the air. Like, of all the ways I can think to waste $100 of my money, uh, that's, not, that's not one of them, right? I don't know if y'all have met me, but I'm kind of built for standard class. I don't need extra leg room. I'm good, Delta. I'll keep the money and spend it on something else. If we're not careful, we, we get the idea from culture, not from God's word. We don't get this from God's word or from the spirit, but we think that Christ saw us having a good life and said, you know, you're almost there. I want to make your life better. No, no, no. You've not hired uh, some contractor to come in and, and clean up your house so that you have a better experience at home. He's come to torch everything inside the house and make you new. That's what Jesus does. We, we want to live our life because he's come to make dead men come to life. He speaks here of the spiritual resurrection that he promises. Later, he'll talk of the physical resurrection. Let me ask you a question. It's a question worth asking. Are you alive in Christ? Are you alive in Christ? In a, in a long time ago, too many years to, to mention, but when I was a teenager, I was involved in a, a little group uh, connected to scouting that was called the Explore Program, and I got to do ride-alongs with ambulances and responded to bad wrecks. And I mean, it was crazy, the stuff they let me do. They would never, I can't imagine they would let anybody do that. And they, I probably shouldn't be telling you now, right? But uh, we did. We would ride along and respond to things. And so we would get there. We were taught, certified in, in first aid. We were actually first responders certified at, at 15 years old. Crazy. And you're taught when you get there, if you find somebody that is unresponsive, you do a quick assessment to make sure, wait, are they unresponsive or are the, is there no evidence of life here? Like, what's is something going on with their airway, breathing, circulation? They may not teach the ABCs anymore, but that's what's in my head. You would examine them to see if there's life. What do I look for? I, I, I look, is there a heartbeat? You feel for a pulse to see if there's a heartbeat. You, you look for respirations to see if there's air. And I'm, I'm telling you this morning, if, if people look at our life, those of us claiming to be in Christ, does our heart beat with God's heart? Do we love the things that God loves and, and every day begin to reject a little more of what God rejects? Is there respiration in our life? Are we, are we praying and spending time in the presence of Almighty God? Is there evidence that we have life? Not by our Sunday attendance, although that's awesome. It's not all there is. Are you alive in Christ? If you are, there'll be fruit. You'll no longer be a slave to sin. Each day you will walk with Jesus, and you will grow to love what he loves, and you'll also grow to despise the sin 
that causes so much destruction in our lives. If we profess to follow Christ, if we profess it, but possess a life that looks more like a corpse than someone alive, there's a problem. Our audio and video aren't synced up, and the world is scratching their heads wondering, wait, who exactly are you following? Something is off when we claim that this God has all authority and is worthy of all honor and has all power, and we forget that it was his power that brought us from death to life. You didn't think your way or will your way to that. You were brought to life from the dead by the same resurrection power that brought Jesus out of the grave on the third day. Wow. That's the spiritual life that he's calling me and you to. It's anything but boring. The physical resurrection shows up in just a moment, but let's recap as we're about to land the plane here. Nobody is like Jesus. There's nobody that has authority like Jesus. Look at what he does. There's nobody that deserves honor like Jesus. Look at who he is. There's nobody that has power like Jesus. Listen to what he says. And finally this morning, nobody holds eternity like Jesus. One day we will all stand before him. Nobody holds eternity like Jesus. He alone is the eternal judge. Our final few verses this morning. Thank you for your attention. God has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. That was from our Daniel reading earlier. Don't marvel at this for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. This is the second resurrection we're talking about, the resurrection that we mentioned earlier. Now, if you're not careful and you read with uh, cultural eyes and not careful hermeneutic or a good Bible study um, ethic that you'd have getting into Scripture, you say, oh, so it looks like anybody that does good is going to get life and anybody that does bad is, is well, what, how does God define good and bad? I'll get to that in just a moment. There is an eternity that we were made for. You've probably heard the illustration before, but it's that sense of if I had this big, thick rope in the room and the rope went all the way out the door, down the aisle and out into the road until where you couldn't see the other end of the rope. And I was holding the rope in here and, and I put a piece of duct tape. I'm in the South. I can say that, right? Actually, in the South, you don't say the T. It's duct tape, right? So I put a piece of duct tape on the end of it and you see this tiny little piece of black on this long rope that you can't see the end of and it's a good representation. This is us here and now and this is the rest of our existence. It goes on and on and on. And these decisions, these, the way that we live life here and now, what we do with Jesus in this here and now affects our eternity. Christ is the one that holds the key to eternity. There's an account of a man, a judge, and a criminal comes before him who is accused of stealing. He's stolen bread, but he was caught. The judge does some investigating, asks questions, finds out the man stole bread to feed his family. He was unemployed. He'd been trying to get work. He was a hardworking person, but nobody would hire him, and he, his family was about to starve, and so he stole bread to feed his family. You've probably heard the illustration before, but the judge then says, I, I have to do this. I'm sorry, the law makes no exceptions. The law has consequences. You stole and I have to punish you. 
you have to pay the fine of $10. Obviously a dated story. I don't think you can walk in a courthouse today for $10. You've got to pay the fine for $10. He said, but I'm going to pay the fine myself. Reaches into his pocket, takes out a $10 bill, hands it to the man. The man says, thank you. And then he reaches into his pocket again and says, and now I'm going to pay the fine. So he gave the man something that was his and then paid the fine. And then he says, furthermore, I'm going to instruct the bailiff to pass around a hat to everyone in this courtroom. I'm fining everyone 50 cents. And we're going to give this collection to the man. The fine is for living in a city where a man has to steal in order to feed his family. The money was collected, given to the defendant. It's, it's a stretch, I know. It's an illustration. They all break down. It's not scripture. But it's an illustration of justice married with mercy, isn't it? And this Jesus that holds eternity in his hands stands as the eternal, righteous, perfect judge, and you will give an account based on how you line up with God's way and what you did with Jesus. And if you put your life in Christ, put all your faith and trust in him and and confess your sin as he commanded you to come, if you've been made new by Christ, you have done good. And if you have rejected God's mercy and grace, you have done evil. And that's what matters. We will all stand before the Lord one day and he will judge perfectly. For those who are not in Christ, it will be an everlasting judgment under the wrath of God for rejecting his son who gave his life for yours. There's nobody like Jesus. Nobody like Jesus. And he makes some audacious claims here that prove that he's exactly who he claimed to be. As we're just about to respond to the text this morning. Nobody has authority like Jesus. Look at what he does. Nobody deserves honor like Jesus. How will you honor him this week? Nobody has power like Jesus. Listen to what he says. Nobody holds eternity like Jesus. How do you walk this out as a believer tomorrow morning? Maybe even today. I think it's worth time when you come to texts like this with your Bible open, sitting somewhere alone with God and asking God, Lord, would you show me where I'm resisting your authority? Is there something in my life that you put your finger on that I'm pushing back on? Lord, where have I, where am I starting to get callous to your convicting Holy Spirit? Ask the Lord to point you to new ways to honor him in your relationships, in the way that you communicate with others. Maybe it's your in-person relationships or uh, texting or messaging or, or however you represent yourself to your friends, young people, whatever that looks like, talking on the phone. Parents, the way we speak to our kids, are we honoring Christ? Kids, the way we speak to our parents, are we honoring Christ? Examine your participation in the local church. Does your worship and service to the Lord give witness to the fact that Christ is worthy? Eternity with Christ should bring great comfort to us as believers. Helps us get through hard days, brings us peace that passes understanding, and it's a sure hope that we can bank on. But it should also light a fire within us and remind us of those who are outside of the faith. We ought to Look for opportunities and ways to tell everyone that will listen. Watch this. There's nobody like Jesus.
Let's pray. confess that you have all authority, that you are worthy of all honor, God, that all power is yours, all power that matters, and that eternity is in your hands. Lord, you are the Christ. There is no one like Jesus. Jesus, we honor you this morning. Father, we pray that our lives this week would be marked by that distinction, not just trying to go along and get along and survive the moments of the day, Lord, but to rest in the fact, to relish in the fact, and to rejoice in the reality that you are ours and we belong to you. With great joy and victory, help us to tell anyone who will listen about your lordship and your soon return. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen.